Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. It is Wednesday, February 16th. Uh, this is the nightcap edition of the live cast. Earlier I had a little bit of an analysis piece. Uh, if you haven't uh, watched it yet, it's it's something to make you think, if nothing else. Um, it's, it's 20 minutes long. Um, I would suggest, if you're a Purdue fan, give it a look. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, but this is uh, show number two for me today. Uh, barely going to get it in under the wire. It's 11.45 p.m. after Purdue has beaten uh, Northwestern uh, on the road in Evanston, 70-64. to Purdue improves to 23-4 and on the season, 12-4 and in the conference. It's a good win. Uh, it's, a, it's one of those wins. It just feels like with Northwestern getting close versus Illinois just days ago, I mean, in the closing minutes, Northwestern had that game down to a one-point deficit. Uh, Illinois ended up winning by six, I think. Uh, Purdue, it, it never got that close uh, for Purdue tonight. Uh, but uh, Purdue getting a six-point win feels pretty good to me. A um, couple of interesting thing happens, uh, things happened in the closing minutes where um, Travion Williams, the, the play that just really got at me was Travion Williams had a put-back dunk that was just nasty. And um, he gets called for over the back, I guess, uh, as Nance was going up for the ball as well at the same time. It was an awful call. And so it went from Purdue getting two points and I think extending the lead to 12 to Purdue not getting any points. Northwestern gets the free throws on the other end. It was a questionable call. Literally, it looked like everybody was just shocked at the whistle being blown. And a couple other weird calls at the end just made it feel like um, a little bit less fun. The cool thing was the Purdue fans in the uh, in uh, the arena were were drowning out any Northwestern fans, which was awesome. That's all the, always the way it is for Purdue when they go to Evanston. It's the way it should be there. Um, and Purdue uh, Purdue fans kind of pulled the Boilers across the finish line. Purdue gets its first four day break in the last eighteen days. Uh, that's a big deal because they actually get a full day off, according to what Painter was saying. So um, this win and this break is extremely important. Purdue gets a day off, and then they get to go into the normal um, preparation mode with practice and the way they are supposed to do it. Um, uh, thanks to all those weird out-of-rhythm games, uh, now they get to go into a bit of a normal schedule, which is which is great. It's a real godsend for this team, um, but that's a good win. Uh, Purdue, as I said, um, improving to 23 and four on this business trip is a, is a huge deal. Uh, I'm going to get into the stats here just real briefly here in a second. But uh, before I do it, let me thank uh, Martin Vintage, martinvintage.com. Enter Boiled at checkout, get 15% off of your t-shirt or sweatshirt. Uh, go to uh, Gridiron Metalworks, get a grill grate, uh, get a custom uh, spatula that's laser cut metal. Uh, Interboil at checkout, fifteen percent off, and of course, go to AJ's if you're going to the game on Sunday. Purdue tips Sunday versus Rutgers at five thirty. Seems like a great time to get up on campus, uh, get some uh, macaroni and cheese bites, get a get a cheeseburger, get get some beef, get some beer, watch the other games that are that are finishing out before you head over to Mackey. That's uh, eataj's.com. But um, it's. Uh, my perspective is pretty good. It's in a good place right now uh, with with our boilers. Maybe it's because of the analysis I've been doing the last couple of days that um, I just I, 
I value this win right now. That's all. Um, I think Purdue played hard. Purdue looked dead-legged. Um, I'll give you an example of the way they're dead-legged, but um, they had some issues they're trying to overcome, and they overcame them pretty, pretty effectively in a couple different ways. One of the big things they had to overcome today, of course, was uh, Ivy was struggling. Um, he was 0 for 6 in the first half. Um, a lot of his shots looked like they were gonna, they were kind of hitting two parts of the rim and going out. But um, his decision making isn't where it was uh, two weeks ago. And I think, I hope that most of that is fatigue. Um, but he's not finishing well around the rim. His three point shot. Um, is not falling right now, and I'll dig a little deeper into that here in a second. He finished the game two for 12, um, eight points, um, three assists, five rebounds. So solid game, a steal, um, but not to the level I think many Purdue fans have come to expect just because of the way he, has been he had been playing before the Michigan game specifically. So I look for him to have a... a a monster game here in the next couple. I still look for Sasha Stefanovic to, to kind of get in the groove. He played very, very well versus Maryland, shot very well, did not shoot very well tonight. One of five from three, had a big three, but um, just wasn't, he didn't look good with the ball coming out of his hands. He finished with seven points, um, uh, two assists, but the, the guy who, who, the two guys that really made the thing go uh, were Edie and Gillis. Uh, Edie had 14 points, eight rebounds, four assists. He had four turnovers. He was getting just beaten up mercilessly. And um, of course, uh, the the Big Ten, uh, the, the NCAA officials at the game decided it was a night that, that Zach hadn't earned any um, any whistles at all. Like it was incredible to me. Like how how it would take three fouls to get him to get one. Um, he got to, sh to the free throw line one time and he was two for two, which I think is a big deal. Um, interesting thing. I said Purdue needs to get above 70% from the free throw line really, uh, consistently. And they're back at that 66% mark. Um, they did get to the line a bit more tonight, which is good. 14 to 21. Uh, but, uh, man, they got to hit those free throws and down the stretch. They missed a couple that were important. Thompson, I think missed one or two Hunter missed one or two. Um, that would have put the game completely out of reach for Northwestern. Instead, uh, they were just kind of hovering around. Northwestern shot the ball really, really poorly. Um, I think that's um, that's one of the big stories if you want to look at it. Uh, they from three, they they shot twenty nine percent from the floor. They were thirty five percent. Seemed like every time the game looked like it was going to get close and maybe Northwestern come down, hit a shot, they wouldn't hit the shot the exact opposite of um, what I think you want to see out of your team. And before the game, I listened to the radio and uh, Bobby Riddell talked about how, and so did Rob Blackman, talked about how Northwestern, these close games haven't gone their way all season. And Riddell asked the question, why does this happen? And so did, uh, it, they, they, they just, to me, they're a team that, um, they don't, they don't make plays in crunch time. They just don't. If it's not Boo Booey hitting shots, they're in major trouble. I mean, Nance, Booey, uh, Adige, they're all good players. I said that before the game. I'll stick by that. But they, they really weren't making players down the end to, to keep that game close. Um, let's see if there's anything else here. Uh, Trey Williams, uh, quiet game, four points, uh, five assists, six rebounds. He played tough, though, at times. He was missing, uh, let's see, from the floor... 
He was two for seven. He missed a lot of turnarounds. Um, the same thing I think a lot of these guys are struggling with. Um, Trey is struggling with, and that is that dead leg. Um, uh, Gillis, I think, was huge tonight. He had every time in the second half where it looked like the lead might shrink down. Every single time. Uh, it seemed like it was Gillis hitting a three. Gillis finishes three for four from deep. Uh, gets back to where he was before the Maryland game. Um, I don't think he shot a three in the first half, but uh, played a played a very very strong second half. Eleven points, seven rebounds, a steal, um, just one turnover. So, like I said, Purdue moves on to twenty three and four. They win seventy to sixty four. That's a good business trip. That is a really good win. I uh, just kind of going to rack that one up, and now maybe um, one of uh, Matt Painter's biggest. Um, downfalls the last couple of years, Ruggers and um, uh, Peichel has them playing great. They beat Illinois tonight, in case you didn't know this, and put Purdue and Illinois and um, Wisconsin all tied atop the league. Really, Purdue has the tiebreaker over Illinois. Wisconsin has the tiebreaker over Purdue. I mean, it's not going to matter because Purdue gets Wisconsin head-to-head, but uh, it's an interesting interesting subplot, if nothing else. Um it looks to me like a five-loss team will win the Big Ten. So we'll see what happens. Um, got a couple people listening, watching live. Let's see if any of these um, uh, eight games in 21 days. Uh, now only four in the next 18. Zachary Young says that. So Purdue had played seven games in 18, game, 18 days, eight games in 21 days. Uh, a lot of people don't seem to understand that this is a big deal. I explained it in um, in my quick cast two episodes ago about how much of a grinder Purdue was in the middle of and how unusual and odd it is. Purdue had seven games in 18 days, and the nearest team to them in the top 10 in America or the Big Ten had five games in that same period. That's a big deal. Um, uh, that's That's not a normal college basketball schedule. And uh, these guys have earned a break, and now they'll have a couple breaks here in the next few days, which is really good to see between uh, the, the upcoming games. Um, yeah. Steve McCabe says, looks like you still got a bit of a cough left. Fingers crossed that you get better. I'm getting better, man. I feel good. Nothing really major to talk about there. I'm a person that I get a cough in the winter generally. Um, but this one was exacerbated by COVID or whatever the hell virus I had. But it's pretty normal, um, but, and I do feel better. Michael Hogg says, feeling better? Thanks. Um, yeah, I do feel better. Uh feel a lot better, and um, it's uh, just something I kind of got to deal with. No big deal. Um, let's see. I, I think, um, let's see, let's see anything here. Yeah, Chris Harder says, uh, hopefully this makes for good conditioning the tournament. I think that's a big deal. I think the big thing is it conditions these guys to kind of scratch and claw through fatigue, if nothing else, right? Because this is, hopefully this is as tired as they're going to be. I mean, uh, Bardo at the end of the game, who I'm not a big fan of at all, um, said, you know, they're going to have to play four games and however many days that they in the Big Ten tournament. I don't care about the Big Ten tournament. I'd rather see them win a game or two and uh, then start getting ready for the dance. But but uh, you can't really control that. Just go play your best game and see what happens. Um, but this is different because it was not a sprint weekend like the tournaments are. It was a marathon where it was just like 
over and over and over the same thing. But it's okay. People don't get it. That's all right. Um, I don't know if you're going to get it at this point if you haven't understood what's been said. But I do encourage you to go look at the last couple quick casts, a couple explanations of why Purdue is fatigued. I think it's legit. It's not imagined. Um, let's see. Uh, Stephen Cape says Bardo was in rare form tonight. Bardo um, had somebody get upset with me because they said, I, I don't know why you don't like Bardo. Bardo literally wanted an intentional foul to be called on Isaiah, Isaiah Thompson as the game came to a close and thought the Trey Williams dunk putback was a good call and it was not a good call. So th that was enough for me. I just, I made, I made, I broke a cardinal rule of my own, which is put it on mute when Bardo is, is doing the game. There's a couple guys I just can't stand and it's okay. If you love him, I'm glad you love him. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's not, he's not my style. So uh, whatever. And um yeah, he loves Jaden Ivey. I'll say that. And that's that's nice, I guess. But who doesn't love Jaden Ivey? I mean, he's freaking great. And uh, he's fun to watch. And I get why people would like to watch him. Um, but this Rutgers game is a big deal. Looking forward to Purdue playing their best game possible. Let the chips fall where they may. If they have effort like they did on defense today, um, and they can hit just a few more shots, I think they can win going away. The passing looked excellent in the first half. Like, they were really moving the ball well, moving without the ball for a couple. Uh, it was a pretty good stretch, five to seven minutes, but the fall, the shots were not falling. Um, I, uh, I think the shots will fall on Mackey, and I think they'll. Um, I, I think that Maryland game was an unusual one. I think the Michigan game was an unusual one. I think Purdue is what they, what the statistics say of them. So. Um, unused channel says, if we play like we did today, do you think we win against Rutgers? No, I don't. Um, Rutgers is playing so darn well. Um, if you've watched them play the uh, last couple games, they are playing the best basketball, maybe in the nation, definitely in the conference right now. Their defense is awesome. Purdue has struggled versus really good defenses all year. Struggle versus Rutgers first time. Struggle, struggle with Wisconsin. Struggle versus IU. Those, those are three of the four best defensive teams in the league. Um, they both get up in, in your – They all three of those get up in your jersey – um, Rutgers on ball defense is excellent. They've got great athletes. Um, they've got that, um, power forward who has just freakish dimensions, amazing wingspan, great athlete. So a little bit different of a formula than many of the teams up at the top of the big 10 this year. So, um, Rutgers is playing really well. Purdue's going to need to play one of their best games of the year to beat them. Um, but I think they got it in them and I think they are long overdue, uh, to beat Rutgers. So we'll see what happens, though. Uh, they got to play better than they did. Um, got to play better than they, they have been the last three games. Uh, but today was a little bit of a, a half step forward, not a full step forward compared to Michigan and Maryland, and uh, just has a better feel. So um, thanks again for uh, tuning in. Thanks for um, uh, the people that are live here. It's awesome. Great, great to see you guys. And um, uh, Purdue needs to uh, start getting tuned up for the tournament. I think it's... Uh, now it's Rugger, Wisconsin, Michigan State, or Michigan State, Wisconsin. I think it's Rugger, Michigan State, Wisconsin, IU to end the regular season. So this is the home stretch. This is it. This is the time Purdue needs to get tuned up for the for the big dance. And uh, looking forward to them doing it. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless you. Hammer down. And we'll talk to you soon. See you.